Hello, welcome back to another episode of Yellow Noise. This is Ellen. And I'm Polly. This week, we're going to talk about education. To start us off, we'll give some background on where we went to school and what we studied. I went to public school in the Bay Area growing up, and then for university, I went to UCLA or the University of California in Los Angeles, where I studied business economics. And I also went to public school in the Bay Area, and then after that, I went to Johns Hopkins in Baltimore, where I studied biomedical engineering and then got my master's also at Hopkins in biodesign. So let's start off in the past. How did your schooling shape you and... Did you have any influential teachers growing up? So there is one teacher that comes to mind that I did really like, but I think more than not, I had a bunch of teachers I didn't like, especially mm-hmm. in high school when I like got older and was like, I know like better than you, kind of like yeah. that attitude. But my like junior year stats teacher, I thought was like super cool. Yeah, after after we took the AP stats exam, like at the end of the year, there was still like a month of school left. And so he basically just let us like screw around and he taught us how to play craps because craps is like kind of like statistics, you know? <laughs> and so he like brought like one of those like felt mats to class and then taught us all how to play craps. And yeah, I still like think very fondly of that like one memory. <laughs> I'm surprised. I feel like no one else knows how to play that game. I know. It's actually, <laughs> I don't think I know how to play it anymore, but at the time... Um, we even had like a little leaderboard going mm-hmm. of like who was scoring the most points or like who had the most chips or whatever. And so, yeah, that was pretty fun. What were your favorite um, like classes growing up and what classes did you not like? I think I liked math because I was good at math. Mm-hmm. That was probably like the most, the one that like came the easiest to me. I didn't like English. I didn't like writing and I didn't love history. Um, but I've always pretty much hated English classes like I always did okay in them and like I wrote what the teachers wanted us to write you know and like did the symbolism and the analysis that they expected you to do but like I never like really got it I just like read what people wrote on spark notes or like listened to what the teacher said and just like regurgitated what they said in class and like back onto the exam and was like I guess this is what you want (laughs) what about you I had a teacher who just wasn't very nice like she commanded her class with that authority and Mm -hmm you knew like not to disrespect her. Um, looking back, her boyfriend was a cop, so I'm kind of like, ooh, red flag. <laughs> but um, I just remember at the end of the year, my parents wanted us to go to China, and it would have been the first time that I went to China, so it was a pretty big deal. My parents wanted us to spend a lot of time there. And of course, you know, like as... Asian parents, they were like, we want to find the best flight deal. And the best flight deal, which was significantly cheaper than other flights, because obviously it's expensive to travel in the summer, required me to skip like the last three days of school. Mm -hmm. And this was fourth grade. So (laughs) it's not like, you know, my results in fourth grade are going to impact exactly where I go to college. Mm -hmm. And I was definitely a pretty good student I don't even know we had if we had grades but I obviously like Mm -hmm. performed at or above my level and then my parents asked this teacher like can she skip the last three days if there's homework or any final projects Mm -hmm. we'll make sure she turns that in ahead of time we will just need you to give it to us earlier since she won't be there 
And then the teacher was like, no, how could you say that's okay? Like, Ellen needs to be here for the last three days. Those three days of performance really matters. And if you guys think it's okay for her to just skip it, that's disrespecting me. And it was just like, we were just trying to like take a family trip. And my parents were really offended too, because obviously I was a well-performing student. So I was actually really impressed that my parents were kind of like, screw it and took me out of school anyways for those last three days. And like stood up for our family in that way. But yeah, I was really shocked. And as a child, I was like, oh no, I've done such a bad thing by missing these last three days. And to have that kind of reaction from a teacher who Mm -hmm. is, you know, in a position of authority didn't feel great. Did they have that conversation in front of you? Um, Yeah, because they had to bring me into like (laughs) the school. It was like an after, you know, like after school Uh conversation. Yeah, I was so scarred. Oh my God. Yeah, I didn't have a ton of those types of, like, interactions, but I was always fearful of them. Like, Mm -hmm. whenever, like, someone gets called to the principal's office or, like, something, like, was going on, I was always, like, just, like, squirming in my seat. Even though, like, if I did nothing wrong, I just, like, felt like I have this guilty conscience. What did I do? (laughs) So, yeah, I, I totally feel that, too. Yeah, I think I was pretty fortunate because the year right after, so this was fifth grade, I had like the most warm, welcoming fifth grade teacher. And I was always, again, very quiet. I didn't really raise my hand often. I was just like, I'll do my work and things will will pass by. Um, But this teacher really looked out for me and Mm -hmm. she would specifically call me, specifically like talk to me like, oh, how was your day? How are you liking these classes? And she was just nice and had a lot of interest in my interests. And... As a result, I feel like I was able to start opening up. And since then, I like, mm. I think I'm not a quiet person anymore. I do make an effort to speak up and to be social, mm-hmm. whether it's in the workplace or in my personal life. Mm-hmm. And yeah, my fifth grade teacher really impacted that. <laughs> what were your favorite um, like classes growing up and what classes did you not like? I think I liked math because I was good at math. Mm-hmm. That was probably like the most the one that like came the easiest to me. I didn't like English. I didn't like writing and I didn't love history. Um, and then as I got older, I liked like the science classes a lot more like AP Mm -hmm. bio, especially. Um, and then I think because they're a little bit more math based too, like with physics and stuff, like it was a little bit better, but I've always pretty much hated English classes. Like I always did okay in them and like I wrote what the teachers wanted us to write, you know, and like did the symbolism and the analysis that they expected you to do. But like, I never like really got it. I just like read what people wrote on spark notes or like listened to what the teacher said and just like regurgitated what they said in class and like back onto the exam and was like, I guess this is what you want. (laughs) What about you? (laughs) Yeah. Like pretty much exactly the same. I loved math as a kid because I was really good at it. I was Mm -hmm. always you know, ahead of other students in my grade. Mm-hmm. So I was like, dude, my mom has been making me do math <laughs> since I was like three years old. Yeah. <laughs> like counting beans and stuff. Um, and similarly, I really didn't like English. It was a class that I struggled in most of my schooling years, which is surprising because I was a very avid reader. Like I would mm-hmm. read so often. So then my parents were always surprised when I got a B in English because they were like, but you read so much. How is this possible? Um, And that was actually also a really important teacher to me because I always thought like, oh, I'm bad at English. That's never going to change. And I hate to say it, but 
it was a lot of the Asian kids that were kind of similarly getting、mm. Bs all throughout English classes.、Um, and then junior year of high school, so this was like when you started to take like the AP English classes.、Mm-hmm. So at that point, I had pretty much given up. I was like,、oh, I have to like take this class because it's an AP class, but I know it's going to be a terrible experience、mm-hmm. for me.、Um, but my teacher that year also. She was just very involved in her students' lives, not not in a bad way, but like really making sure they understood the material and, you know, inviting them to come in during lunch and just chat about what else they were up to. And I think as a result, because I felt close to her, I wanted to try more in the class just to impress her. I、mm-hmm. guess like to have her think like, oh, she's also <laughs> a great student, and. I actually ended up doing really well in that class, surprisingly, and I think it had a lot to do with the first essay I worked really hard on and scored、mm-hmm. extremely high, like high enough that the teacher actually like pinpointed me. I was like,、mm-hmm. Ellen, you did really great on this essay. I'm so impressed with your work, and just having that confidence helped me、mm-hmm. do better in the essays following that and in my English class senior year as well.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, other than your fourth grade teacher, were there any teachers you didn't like?、Um, I'm sure there were teachers that I didn't like, and I think like kind of similar to you, like I know better, <laughs> but I obviously did not as a kid, like I didn't know anything. But I don't think there was a teacher that made me as fearful as、mm-hmm. she did, and that was just a really bad feeling to have as a young child. But I think it also highlights like the importance of teachers in your、mm-hmm. lives, and yeah, it's really crazy to think like if I do decide to have children, they will spend their growing years with spending so much time with one person, and、mm-hmm. if that's someone who doesn't care about them or doesn't care about their growth, it could really go the wrong way. Yeah, I had this one teacher in high school that I super hated. <laughs> Um, she taught like the AP Gov Econ class.、Oh, I didn't even take that class. So, oh no, sorry, it wasn't. Sorry, it wasn't AP. She taught Econ Gov, like regular、oh, okay, Econ、okay. Gov. So we didn't have the AP version of it, and it was half half year government, half year、mm-hmm. economics. And basically, for the entire half of government, she basically just put on vid- like VHS tapes of、uh, like the、um, political show The West Wing. For like、oh、the、God. entire like <laughs> half of the year, we watched like over four seasons of it. What? And this is like a lot of TV. And yeah, she would just like not teach and just put it on. And I was like, well, then like, what are we doing here? Well, sometimes when she would put it on, she didn't even care what you would like would do. Like if you watched it, if you fell asleep. And so like me and a couple friends would sometimes just like leave the class like <laughs> while while she played this this video and go to the, her AP calc teacher because like he was really chill、mm-hmm. and just like hang out in like that class instead and so yeah that's so funny that you bring that up because I mean I agree that's totally not a appropriate way <laughs> of educating your students but I've been watching The Crown recently which is the Netflix、uh-huh. show on like Queen Elizabeth and her life. And I feel like I learned a lot of history from that show, and I like hated history as a kid. Yeah, I love that show too. Yeah, yeah.、Um, one really cool,、um, like I don't know if it's like an experiment that they did on us or or what they were doing exactly, but in the fourth grade,、um, for like math period or whatever, they decided 
for our year to try this like new experiment, I guess, where they, instead of teaching (laughs) all the kids, like in your own respective class, they put all the fourth graders together and then separated them out by like actual level of math, Mm -hmm. like how like good you were or whatever. I don't even know if we took like a placement test or what, or if it was just like how you scored in the third grade and it would just carry it over. But instead of like learning math with your class, they separated out into like the people who like needed a ton of help went into one classroom for that period. And then people who were like, okay, went into a second class. And then I was put in this group where it was like kids who know math pretty well already. And we got to teach ourselves for a whole year. We taught ourselves math. And I don't even know if my parents knew that we were doing this, but instead of teaching us, like instead of having us all sit in the classroom and like learn you know, every chapter at a time, you got to go as fast as you wanted to. So we got, you know, we, everybody got a textbook and you had to turn in, you basically did every single odd, like odd numbered question mm, or whatever, you your yeah, speed. but you can go as fast as you want. And then as soon as you finish it, you staple together like that chapter's homework questions or whatever, turned it in. And then they gave you a test and you would just take it. And you could, we, I remember we could like sit inside the classroom if we wanted mm-hmm. to, or we can sit on the playground and do a, like do math if we wanted to, you could like sit anywhere you wanted and then you just got to do math at your own pace. And like kind of looking back, it was kind of cool because I feel like a lot of times I felt like we were wasting time, especially in math Mm because I was good at it. I was like, oh, like these other kids, like they're not getting it and I'm just sitting here like wasting my time when I could like clearly move on. But I really wonder how that like affected (laughs) people that year. What happened when you finished? Because then like... We were just chilling. I mean, I feel like most most years you don't actually go through an entire textbook, That's right? That's true, yeah. It's like you're quite right. rare that you would get to the end. I think we actually, everybody got to the end that year in our group. And then after that, we could just like have recess for like that period mm-hmm. instead of doing math because we finished all the math yeah. <laughs> for the year. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah we had <laughs> something very similar in middle school, but it was much more like formalized it wasn't like just go teach yourself but we took a placement test at the beginning of sixth grade and it's funny because they didn't advertise it to us as a placement test they were just like oh we need you all to like take this class on your first day of school so then when I got called into the office I was really confused because I was like oh did I get in trouble did I do something wrong Mm -hmm. but they called a group of us into office who had scored very well Mm -hmm. not to like toot my own horn or anything but we got to skip two grades Mm -hmm. so there was a group of 10 of us sixth graders that were taking class math class with the eighth graders oh and then there were a larger group of sixth graders that were like taking math classes with the seventh graders Mm -hmm. I just remember being like this teeny tiny sixth grader in this class full much bigger kids and especially like at that age I feel like the size of the physical size of children is very different Mm -hmm. so I feel like it would have been very funny for anyone looking into like all these larger kids and then like 10 really small kids in the back Um, but yeah that was pretty cool we got to so then in seventh grade we got to take geometry I think that's like ninth grade math is geometry Yeah. yeah and they they like had that class just for us so at that point it was just a very small class of us. Oh, okay. So we had something similar. I did not make it into the smartest math kid <laughs> class. Um, but it was... So our middle school was only 7th and 8th grade. Mm-hmm. So we took a placement test at the end of 6th grade going into 7th. I think those kids only skipped one grade. Mm-hmm. So they took math with the 8th graders while like the rest of us took 
seventh grade math, but then they separated seventh grade math to like honors math and then regular yeah, math. Yeah. And so that placement te- test at the end of sixth grade um, determined which of those like three you would go into. But then the top, like the, the one that was advanced was 30 kids. So they had their mm-hmm. own full class. And so they didn't take class like with the other kids, I think. They just like had a teacher teach them yeah. math one year ahead. Um, and I think it was like kind of like a cutoff thing. So it's like, oh, if you were in the top 30 students, then you... Um, then you got to go and then everybody else was just like under that. Um, but actually that brings me to like this other like idea, I guess that I had all throughout school was that because I think I wasn't in that group of kids, I always felt like I wasn't that smart. Mm -hmm. Like I knew I was doing okay in school, but I never felt like I was the smartest kid like ever and I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that I was like well there's clearly this group of 30 kids that is literally smarter and ahead of me and so like there's no way that I'm like one of the smartest kids in this group right so um that I feel like that mentality actually carried me through like a lot of college too Mm -hmm. where I didn't think I was that smart I just was like oh I'm getting by I'm getting by um and like getting by by like like my Asian parents' expectations, right? Like, okay, it's like, like still good. yeah, like they're still still good grades, like yeah. still doing great, still have like a decently high GPA, but like I was like, oh, but I'm not that smart. Like mm. I'm just like okay. And then I think it really took me until grad school to realize I was like really actually capable and like yeah, a you smart went to a kid. Great school, yeah. I don't know. I, I did go to a great school and like yeah, I did very well there. But I never thought that I was smart until grad school, and like something clicked for me in grad mm-hmm. school I was like oh I think I'm I'm smart <laughs> no but you're totally right like having that placement structure does make kids feel differently about themselves um I feel for me it was the opposite which is funny <laughs> because I feel like I thought I was such a good student but then I wasn't <laughs> like I was only good at math but I was not good at the other subjects um so I like thought I was great and then would get like a B <laughs> and be like oh <laughs> I suck at history after all <laughs> So moving on to the present, obviously we're both not in school anymore, but do you feel like your education has helped you with your current job? Yeah, so I only went to undergrad, and unfortunately I have to say no. I feel like a lot of the classes I took in college were very theoretical rather than practical, Mm -hmm. even though I was a biz econ major, business economics major, so you would think that like, oh, I took a lot of classes that are applicable to what I do today. Mm Yeah, I don't know. I feel like there were classes that are obviously useful to people's careers today, but I feel like because I didn't know what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. I didn't know to take those classes, which is something I kind of look back on and regret because I feel like I was pretty lost in terms of what I wanted to do career-wise most of my college life. I just didn't even know what career opportunities were out there. Um, Like now I'm like, oh, there are roles called product manager. There are roles called like data analysts and like user experience designer. But I didn't know those were jobs when I was a freshman, Mm -hmm. sophomore, even junior in college. So I wouldn't know to take like an analytics course or Mm -hmm. a SQL course or like a cognitive science course because I was like, I don't know what that can lead to. I don't Mm -hmm. know why I would need to take those courses. Um, Yeah, I really wish we spent more time 
educating students on what opportunities there were. Mm-hmm. Like the, the closest thing I can remember is in high school, there was like career week uh-huh. where people's parents would come in and be like, yeah. you know, like I'm a pharmacist. This is what I do every day. But even then, like our parents' generation is different from ours. And there mm-hmm. are jobs that exist today that didn't exist when our parents started work. So mm-hmm. Yeah, even throughout that experience, I was like, okay, so the only jobs that are out there are, like, doctor, (laughs) dentist, (laughs) finance manager. For me, I think similarly in undergrad, I didn't really know, like, what courses to take to further, like, myself for a job. And I think part of that was because when I entered college, I thought I was going to do pre-med and, like, be a doctor. And then after freshman year, I changed my mind and part of going into biomedical engineering was like giving myself a back door in case like the doctor thing didn't work out or like didn't want to do it I was like oh I'll still have like a very stable kind of like job or career in engineering Mm -hmm. a lot of like the course specific or the major specific courses that I took for biomedical engineering were super super hard and it didn't make me feel like I knew what I wanted to do with that information afterwards and so that's part of the reason I went to grad school is because I out of undergrad in my senior year, I was like, what the heck am I going to do now? Um, and I knew like a bunch of things that I didn't want to do. Like I didn't want to do like a PhD or anything and I wasn't going to become a doctor and I didn't want to go into consulting, which is what like a lot of BME majors end up doing. Surprise! So then the reason why I went into grad school was because like, I felt like I didn't have a, like a truly marketable skill. And then the grad program that I joined was like a super specific one. So it's like, for like medical device like bio design um and there's just a handful of programs across the country that do that and so I just only applied to those types of programs for bio design um also most of them were only one year which like I knew I didn't want to do a ton more school so that was kind of one of like the factors I was looking at was like okay I just need one year to like get myself to be more marketable and then like get the hell out of here and like go out into the real world so yeah did you prefer staying at Hopkins? Because I feel like most people actually choose a different university when they go to grad school. Yeah. Um, so part of it is because their program is one of the best. Mm-hmm. And I think that was initially why I went there in the first place was because I... So I applied early to Johns Hopkins for BME, but then the way that like application cycles work for California, I also applied to UCs. Um, and I had gotten into Berkeley too. And my parents really, really wanted me to go to Berkeley because my dad went there for grad school. My sister went there. It's like close to home. And but I went I had already done like early decision to Hopkins. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to go to Hopkins. And then when grad school came around, I also applied to Berkeley again and a couple other places. And I ended up getting into Hopkins and Berkeley again. (laughs) And my dad was like, you have to go to Berkeley. (laughs) And he was so disappointed when I didn't. Um, But. I mean, part of the reason was, yes, it was like it, the Hopkins program, I think is still a better program. Um, and also, if you do four years undergrad, then you get half tuition off for your mm-hmm. fifth year, like okay. if you're, for your master's. So like That's financially, really it made deal. a lot of sense yeah. as well. Um, and like, I mean, I, I grew to like Baltimore a lot. I think um, 
I think part of me always wonders, like, oh, what if I went to Berkeley? Because, like, I did have so many ties there. And, like, I would have spent a year with my sister there, which would have been really fun, I think. And I had a lot of friends from high school go there. But I think one of the best things about leaving here and going to school, like, so far away was the opportunity to, like, get out of this bubble and to, like, meet a lot of different types of people that I probably wouldn't have met. Um, And I probably wouldn't have, like, branched out as much because I do know, like, a lot of you know, kids from my high school who went to one of the UCs, like, ended up staying with friends that they knew from from high school and not meeting as many new people. Um, And then just, like, Baltimore itself being an incredibly, like, diverse place and culturally so different from from the Bay Area, I think, like, really impacted me and, like, influenced me in in a lot of really good ways. That's funny because, again, I have the opposite story from you where I also applied early action to a private mm-hmm. school and got in. I got into University of Chicago mm-hmm. and I committed to go there. So with early action, you're not tied to go there, but you still have to make the decision mm-hmm. before all other applications come back about whether or not you want to go. And yeah, I, I had committed to that school. I went to visit and I was like, oh man, Chicago's really cold. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if I can handle this. And I think a big part of me was scared of going there too, because scared of, you know, mm-hmm. living in a different state. Um, scared because Chicago is also known to be a really mm-hmm. intense education experience. Um, so I made the choice opposite from you where I decided to pull out of that commitment and I went to uh, UC, University of California in Los Angeles. And I always think about, oh, how different (laughs) would my life be if I had gone there? Because I did feel that UCLA was more of a comfortable choice for me. So Mm -hmm. I I thought maybe I didn't push myself out of my comfort zone by going Mm -hmm. to Chicago. I mean, I still wonder that, but at the same time, I'm glad that I did branch out in UCLA. Um, I made a lot of friends who didn't look like me or mm-hmm. studied the same things as me. I just wish I did that sooner at mm-hmm. UCLA, but we could talk more about that later. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, part of the decision to go to Hopkins was initially just because, like, A, it was a really, really good program and I mean I guess I didn't I didn't think that I had a choice since I did early decision to pull out I was like but I made a commitment so I guess I have to go um and then part of me was really really excited to get out of here because I didn't love high school and like I didn't feel a ton of ties to Fremont or like to the Bay Area in general um and a lot of my really good friends actually went off to university, like private universities elsewhere too. Um, actually, one of them went to U Chicago, and I visited them there, and it was freaking cold. <laughs> I know I went in like April, and it was so cold. <laughs> I went in March over spring break, and it was not a fun spring break. <laughs> it was so cold. Um, but yeah, th- I think because I didn't have like I, my friends were going elsewhere too. I was just like so excited to to experience something new. So yeah. yeah. What is your favorite memory from college? Yeah, my favorite memory in college was going camping for the first time. I had never thought of myself as an outdoorsy person, and camping was definitely something my family did not do while growing up. Um, But a group of friends managed to drag me one and a half hours north to go camping at a national forest in Santa Barbara. And it was just so beautiful and freeing. I remember in the morning one day we were tailgating our cars driving to this 
um, little like lake cliff diving spot. Mm-hmm. Not dangerous, I swear. <laughs> um, but I just remember feeling so relaxed. We were like listening to Al J with our hands outside the window, and <laughs> yeah, it just felt great. And I still very distinctly remember that feeling too. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you? Um, not a. It's so it's not as like one specific memory, I guess. But in general, my favorite part of college, I think, is. Um, like I was a part of a hip hop dance team Mm -hmm. and that like group was basically like some of my closest friends. Um, and like as a part of that, it was just like a nice creative outlet since I like had danced all my life to like to be able to continue doing that in college was really, really nice. Um, and like in my senior year, like I got to lead the team. So being able to have like an actual leadership role, um, was really, really cool, but as a part of that team, um, we partnered with like a nonprofit org in the in the city called Baltimore Dance Cruise Project, and like my freshman year, like it, it, I thought it was like just something like you know the upperclassmen set up. Like we did a show that would raise money basically to help support this organization. But by the time I was a senior, like I grew really really close to the organization's leadership as well, and like just really learning about like their mission to like you know, help bring dance, like, after-school dance programs to Baltimore City kids, like, their public schools so that, you know, they have a creative outlet, they have somewhere to go. Um, it, like, opened up my eyes to a whole different side of the city um, that, because, like, if you just went to Hopkins and you just stayed in the Hopkins, like, area, you can be very much in a bubble, like, this super, you know, like, private elite institution that's stuck in this in the middle of, like, a really, really, like, poor city yeah Um, I I watched the wire (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly um like it it can be super easy to just get like yourself stuck in there but then this was like my opportunity to like see outside of that and I think it really did make a huge impact like I think back to like being able to like talk with those like organization like leaders and just like be a part of their um community and like to be able to impact that in like however small a way I think was really cool did you join any other type like clubs or anything not much I did do a volunteering club that Mm -hmm. I really loved but yeah the entrepreneurship fraternity did take a lot of time but then even within that there were opportunities to get involved Mm -hmm. with other projects I guess Mm -hmm. um one really cool project was called LA Hacks which was a hackathon put Mm -hmm. up It was, like, mostly by people in our fraternity, but there were obviously other students at UCLA that helped sponsor um, this event. But it was the largest hackathon in Southern California, I believe. And it was sponsored by a lot of tech companies we know and love today, like (laughs) Tinder. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it was just really cool seeing students create practical and fun projects out Mm -hmm. of the things they learned in school it it was obviously geared towards software engineers as Mm -hmm. most hackathons are Mm -hmm. um but yeah it was my first time experiencing what a hackathon even was and I was like that's such a great opportunity to try out new skills and also get noticed by companies that are interested in recruiting for those skills Mm -hmm. Let's end in the future. Do you ever think about going back to school? Every once in a while. So I guess for some context right now, I'm a clinical development engineer at a surgical robotics company. So part of my job is, you know, to kind of act as like a proxy physician internally so that when we design our products um, for doctors, 
it's relevant and it's you know what they would actually use. So I get to test them kind of acting like a doctor would. And so sometimes in those experiences, I'm like, man, maybe I should have gone to med school and been a doctor. Um, and also right now I've been watching a lot of Grey's Anatomy and everyone like in the show is a surgical resident. And so I'll be like, oh man, I could do that. It just seems so cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm not, I'm not very squeamish. Um, but I guess like I do get to do some aspects of like surgery in my current job today. And so like, I get a little bit of taste of that. And I think honestly, like the kinds of crazy hours and the amount of school that it would require, like, I'm not down for that. So it's like a fun little fantasy, but I don't think I would ever go back to school. (laughs) What about you? Yeah. Um, I sometimes think about going back to school to get my MBA. I think that is a very common path for people that started their career in management consulting, mm-hmm. even more so probably for people who did not go into tech. They go get an MBA so they can get a really high paying role in tech afterwards. Mm-hmm. Whereas I just went straight into tech into like a medium paying <laughs> role, I guess. Uh, but yeah, every time I feel a little lost in the world and a little lost in my career development, I'm like, maybe I should go get an MBA. Uh, So I think I felt that way at the beginning of quarantine where things were really shut down. I I wasn't really doing much with my time. And I was like, oh, should I just go back to school then? (laughs) But I feel like I, I think about that option just because I want structure in my life, not because I am very passionate about mm-hmm. business or what an MBA can offer me, which an MBA really offers you a really good networking experience, which I feel like I have a decent network right now. I'm sure it would be way better if I got an MBA, but again, like the cost, I'm not sure mm-hmm. is worth it to me as well as the time. It, it is a two-year commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I feel like I look towards the MBA to get found, but then I'm not sure if it would actually bring me that. It would just mm-hmm. help me delay finding <laughs> structure for myself. That's fair. Yeah. Have you taken any craft courses? I did. So it was just a like a one one workshop, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's where I learned to do candle making. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. So this was Valentine's Day, like two years ago, I think. Now, um, we Casper and I joined like a like a candle making course with this company called Workshop SF. So they do a lot of like DIY type crafts and. Um, yeah, after that class, I actually, I do make my own candles now. Um, I like rarely buy candles because I feel like they're so expensive and they're actually super easy to make. So yeah, candle making. Um, I still need to get a candle <laughs> from you. Yes, yeah, I will definitely give you one. Um, and then I actually really like taking cooking classes. Um, like if I'm going to go travel somewhere. Like oh, me when too, I, yeah. Yeah, when I was... Um, supposed to go to Barcelona, we had signed up for a paella making class and I was super excited for it. So looking forward to that when I'm able to go again. Yeah. The last cooking class I did was in Mexico city. Mm -hmm. Um, one of us really wanted to do a churro making class. So he got everyone to sign up for it. And then he had really bad food poisoning the day (laughs) of, so he couldn't make it, but we got to go and experience the fun that was churro making. Nice. (laughs) Um, But I did take a 10 week pottery class in San Francisco, which was really cool. But really expensive. Oh. I totally understand why it's an expensive hobby, but that, that was expensive. <laughs> and I was not that talented at it. But I would like to try again. And now 
I know that I can actually budget for、mm-hmm. even craft courses from my company. So maybe I'll try that again when things open up.、Mm-hmm. We could do one together. Yeah. I would like to get into more woodworking too. I think that's just like probably a really expensive hobby as well,、um, but would be fun. Like, I'd like to make my own coffee table at some point. Did you, did you take woodshop in middle school or elementary or like high school? I didn't. I took like language electives, <laughs> I took Spanish. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, we had wood shop in middle school, and I remember making a gumball machine. And I was so、That's、proud so cool. of it. Do、yeah. you still have it? Maybe at my parents' place. Yeah. <laughs> and did you know Facebook actually has a wood shop that you're allowed to use as a yeah, Facebook employee? I heard. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah. <laughs> and then to finish this off, would you send your kids to public or private school or public or private university? Yeah, I feel like. University, it's like totally up to them wherever、mm-hmm. they get in and whichever school is a better fit for them. As for their like, you know, elementary to high school experience, I'm still not sure. And I do think about this a lot just because I'm like, oh, I wonder how like the state of education is doing in California or in the community that we live in. I think if the public school system was still as good as it was when I went to school, I would say. Yes, because I feel like I had a great public school experience overall.、Mm-hmm. I feel like I was challenged at school. I had teachers that cared, and the results were obviously pretty good for me and for many other students in my school.、Um, but interestingly enough, my parents actually experimented by sending my sister to private school for two thirds of her elementary school experience. So she went to private school from Kindergarten to fourth grade. And then afterwards, she went to public school. And I do think my sister has stronger foundations than me. Like her foundational knowledge is just very good. And she's very good at knowing how to learn, where I feel、yeah. like maybe I have some missing, <laughs> missing gaps there.、Um, and I remember her teachers really, really cared. And my parents still wave hi to her like second grade teacher when they walk past her around the, around the city. So yeah, I feel like she did have a stronger connection with like almost every single one of her teachers, whereas I had a not so great experience and a really great experience.、Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, I think I feel similarly about university where it's like, whatever, you know, if it's a good fit, then that's where they can go. And like, I hope, you know, to be able to have the money to be able to like support whatever university they choose to go. But I'm also conflicted about like elementary through high school because I would say, even if the school, like the high school or school system that I went to, Growing up was supposed to be one of the best. Like, it,、mm-hmm. it like, consistently gets ranked super highly. But then it also fostered a super like, toxic culture of like, extreme competitiveness. And, like, like, I mean, some schools like, in the Bay Area have like, you know, kids like, committing suicide、yeah. over like, school and like, the pressure. And it's just like, all too much. And so that's something that I worry about because I think like, it could have gotten to me, but、mm-hmm. like, luckily it didn't. But Also, you know, I don't think, I think like things are so different for like younger generations with、yeah. like internet and stuff that like it, the pressure of all of it could be like way too much.、Um, and so, like, on, and then on the other hand, yeah, like, I don't, I don't 
sometimes I feel like I don't know if private schools are worth it too, though, because it's so expensive. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm sure they have like their own issues too. So I think having not experienced that, like maybe it's like grass is greener on the other side kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So TBD, not sure yet. Yeah, maybe my parents made the right move by sending (laughs) their kid to private school for just a little portion of their education. (laughs) So they built that beginning foundation then we're like set off as a bird to do as they, they would in the future yeah that's a good point yeah so i think this wraps up our episode for today uh, you can find us on instagram at yellow noise pod so feel free to leave us a dm or a comment if you enjoyed this we'll see you next time bye <laughs>